Hello, welcome to another installment of the Central American Group's podcast, in which experts discuss topics related to doing business in Costa Rica, El Salvador, and the rest of the region. Hello, welcome to another installment of the Central American Group's In these discussions with professionals from various realms, we talk about uh, issues in Costa Rica, El Salvador, and the rest of the region. Today, we're very fortunate to have with us Karin Lachner. She works for the uh, very well-regarded economic development agency in Costa Rica called Sinde. Hello, Karin, how are you doing today? And uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your organizations. Hi, Stephen. Uh, so grateful to to be invited here and share a little bit of the thoughts from from Cinde. My name is Karen Lagner. I'm the head of marketing and communications for Cinde. Um, Cinde is a private nonprofit and non-political organization. So we are a very uh, rare breed within our kind as investment promotion agencies, which mostly and and most of the time are, are part of government. In our case, uh, we work very closely with them, but our, our private nature has enabled us to work uh, long-term strategies for investment attraction into the country. Now with um, 10 different uh, government administrations. Well, uh, one of the things I think that would be very interesting to our listeners is I know that you recently won a very prestigious reward, uh, award, excuse me, that was given to Sinday by the UN International Trade Center. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. And, and after that, if you could explain to us uh, what potential investors could expect from your organization in terms of services to help them uh, do their research on Costa Rica. Of course. Well, yes, we are very humbled by this recognition that the ITC from the United Nations has given us. Um, the ITC, I don't know if uh, some of the listeners are familiar with it, but the ITC is, is part of the UN. They work hand in hand um, also with the World Trade Organization, and they focus very much on providing a wide area of, of capabilities, for example, advisory services, uh, services and capacity building um, for different countries, mostly to be able to leverage a lot of that trade intelligence and enhancement of policies, both to help attract investments into countries, as well as create experts capacity. So um, a lot has to do with that, as well as creating um, and leveraging now the momentum of digital tools uh, to enhance, for example, e-commerce platforms or ER digital trade as well. So that's a little bit of, of their vocational focus, if you would call it. Um, Cinda has been working hand in hand with them for several years. And uh, we have gone through different evaluations. They have this tool. So this is not a what we would call a fashion contest. Uh, it's actually a very thorough evaluation that we have. Um, and that goes on 225 indicators that were evaluated. So it's a thorough process, as I said, and Cinda is very humble to have a, a earned a 95.27 score 
Uh, so it's the highest ranked institution in the world right now out of 85 different um, agencies that this center has evaluated thus far. What are some of the variables specifically that they assess? Yes, uh, well, they have, I would say like four main pillars and this of course are breaking down to more specific areas, but one has to do with the leadership and direction that the institution has. So they oversee things like the vision and mandate, uh, governance, strategy, planning and development, as well as implementation, or um, also a lot about risk management, of course, which is a newer or heftier um, area to assess, um, more so with, with risk management of unforeseen things such as the pandemic. Um, the other pillar has to do with resources and processes. So how the organization structures itself and capacity building of, of its staff, as well as, uh, for example, the financial resources or physical uh, assets or the quality and focus of the services that we provide to investors as well. The third pillar has to do with products and services delivery. So the relevance of the portfolio, how we ma manage and handle client experiences goes uh, way deeper into this, the marketing and promotion of those services as well, how innovative we are able to, to be in that area. And uh, a lot of the deployment of that, external communications, country branding, and the like. And the final one has to do with measurement and results because of, of course, all of this has to be reflected in solid outcomes. So the way uh, we structure our areas for defining scope or the quality of measurement of the things that we do, client satisfaction is a huge thing for us. So we measure it in several touch points that we have with investors from initial agendas to RFIs, even when we help them uh, create um, their um, uh, inauguration or PR efforts to go uh, once they do the landing into the country. So we measure those uh, through NPS course, for example. So it's part of the tools that they assess on achievement of, of results. Now, what does this all mean for investors and how does it infect, affect the site selection process? Well, we at to have a philosophy of being completely client-centered focused. And uh, for us, the investing companies come first. Sometimes that means that gets it gets us into trickier relations, even with some government instances, but that's what we are here for, to help investors. So we see the site selection process as just the initial part of the, our investor relation. Uh, on that stage, we help and provide all the data that is necessary with objective information. Of course, is sometimes it's public information, but we help do the number crunching or the tailoring towards the interest of the investor. There's a lot of data. We soak in data and, and this day and age ever for so, but the value of it is how we process it and make it a compelling and re relevant uh, information gathering for business purposes. So that's how, how what, what Cinda does. And now we have strengthened that uh, area focusing on true investment advisory. So we had brought in board, on board um, profile of business analysts as well. So we help companies assess, for example, we go into deeper um, analysis such as run PL efforts with the information that, that companies have. 
and input, for example, what it could look like uh, leveraging our free trade zone regime, which is part of the incentives program that, that Costa Rica has, to portray that on a five-year time frame or 10-year time frame and understand what your bottom line ROI would be uh, on operations in the country. So those parts are completely personalized experiences on how we help companies um, assess that site selection. We do benchmarks as well. So we gather information from competing countries or other sites that the company might be assessing and do it objectively as you would with any other. And all our services are completely free of charge. So that's part of the a benefit that companies can get and having the excellence behind it uh, to do that uh, get data gathering the more profession, the most professional way. You know, that's very valuable. Uh, given the description that you've just given about some of the services that you provide, I know that if uh, one goes out to private consulting agencies, uh, maybe Ernst & Young, uh, people of that nature, these are things that can be upward of $100,000 if you're, if you're paying companies to do that kind of research. So what you offer obviously is incredibly valuable, but beyond uh, crunching numbers, uh, what other things uh, do you do? Well, of course, that's just the beginning part of it because once companies are assessing that on paper, it's not the same as being able to come into the country and look uh, at things by themselves. So when they do decide to do that, um, we uh, provide business agendas with either peer companies that are already operating in the country so that they can have peer-to-peer -peer conversations with investing companies uh, and objectively assess that. We even provide uh, meetings with um, different academia to understand, uh, to better understand the talent pools that they're able to create, the curricula uh, and skill sets that we are developing as for talent building. Um, and we seem to have created a very strong network of strategic partners uh, that help both in the understanding of what a landing into the country would be, but also once the decision is made, to be able to have the softest landing into the country. So we have right now uh, at Cinde a network of over 83 proven partners from tons of different categories. So we have legal advisors, uh, big firms, smaller firms, environmental agencies, which in Costa Rica is a very thorough process um, because we are very keen on sustainability. We have companies for helping you understand um, the ways around immigration or tax uh, consultancy, HR and recruitment, even facilities. So we have firms re uh, related to architecture or our office design, even furnishing. And once you're operational, we have facility management or cafeteria services. So all the things that um, investing companies need uh, we have that proven network um, of companies that already have worked with other multinationals and that are our partners to help that process be as streamlined as soft as possible. Well, again, you know, these are things that are absolutely essential to being successful and bringing companies to your locale. And, and one of the things uh, that is a testament to the quality of the work that you have done is that over the past couple of decades, Costa Rica has become the second largest exporter of medical devices in Latin America. And uh, that's a pretty impressive uh, accomplishment for a 
country that's about the size of Massachusetts. So congratulations on your good work there. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's been a very interesting uh, process of capacity building into the country. And, and if that figure on METIC is interesting, what it most interesting is to see that we, all, we also export more services than goods. So if that MedTech figure is, is relevant, um, our services, our knowledge-intensive services are a hefty uh, way in that mix. Um, we're the highest per capita exporter of IT and knowledge-intensive services um, in the Americas. And it's, it's interesting to see because our processes there have also been growing quite a bit. So we export uh, cloud computing, um, cybersecurity ever more so right now. So we have a combination of this creative ecosystem converging med tech, uh, digital tech, and um, of course, um, a longstanding industry in, in smart manufacturing and electronics, which are bread and butter right now and in trend for maybe not the, the all the good reasons that we would like to, but, uh, but it's a global challenge and Costa Rica is, is putting its part there on, on exporting uh, electronics as well. So I have one question that I'm curious about uh, regarding electronics. We, we know how important uh, microchips are to all the devices that we use on a daily basis. And there's been a shortage of, of silicon chips in the world. And there's concern that Taiwan is a, is a big producer. And if whatever happened with their security were negative, we'd be in a world of hurt with regard to availability of chips. I'm just wondering beyond Intel, are there other companies that are looking at doing that kind of activity in Costa Rica at the moment? Of course, we have. Um, well, Intel has the biggest uh, mega lab of its kind uh, outside of California. We have their R&D center here with over 900 engineers working on new development of, of, of R&D solutions for, mi for microprocessors. But we also have other companies um, and components such as Samtech, which is a customized um, electronics as well. Zollner Electronics is a, is a huge uh, German company as well, which provides components and smart components to the auto industry, um, which are leveraged for the US. So Costa Rica is, is in itself um, a nearshoring example for years. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. now um, becoming um, a more hotter topic now that the new nearshoring is taking place, but for us, nearshoring is, is our bread and butter. Companies come here to leverage um, the exports platform that we offer with the broad network of free trade agreements that we offer uh, from, from here uh, to reach different markets. So we have had a free trade agreement with China for the last 10 years, which is not new for us, but we also have a free trade agreement with the US and the rest of Central America. And we do have it with uh, Europe as well. So we know that we are a compact economy and that we are open to trade. And that's what we've uh, offered a lot of uh, the partners, uh, partner companies that are investing in the country. Now, if somebody who's listening wants to get in contact with you to begin the process of exploring Costa Rica, how, how can individuals listening get into contact with you? I think the best way would be through our website. Uh, we have tons of resources uh, with every investing uh, sector of interest. We have listed there on our website, the leads, uh, the persons that are in charge of every sector within our organization that are the specialized uh, people 
for each of the sectors. So we have med tech, smart manufacturing. We're um, a very dynamic thing that we're doing right now is new materials. Uh, we're creating a new project with IDB on a new materials hub for Costa Rica, leveraging all the biodiversity that, that is in the country. Uh, so that we also are working with that health and well-being area. So you can, um, you can find us on www.cinde.org, which is our website. And then for each investing sector or the contact us page, it's, it's a more traditional. And if you can follow us, um, of course, in different social medias as, as Cinde, the Costa Rican Investment Promotion Agency, we have representation there, there on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Okay, with your permission, of course, I'd like to be able to in the uh, text below the uh, box where the audio plays on our website, I'd like to put a link to your LinkedIn page. Would that be okay? Because Perfect, yes. somebody might Thank want you. to contact you directly and that'd be a way of doing it as well, I would assume. Wonderful. No, we, we would really appreciate that. Well, thanks a lot for uh, accepting the invitation to talk about uh, what you have going in your organization as well as in your country. And uh, we know that things will just get better for you. And we hope that uh, you have a great rest of the day and uh, a nice Easter season. You take Semana Santa off and enjoy the beach in Costa Rica. Well, thank you. Yes, it's going to be a lovely, uh, lovely few uh, weeks ahead of us. And thanks for the invitation of having us and, and being able to discuss this and so much more that we can offer to investors. Yes. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. Sign up to receive the Central American Group's quarterly newsletter by visiting www.thecentralamericangroup.com.